0: You're listening to Talking Tricks, the home of amazing stories from magic, circus, variety and comedy performers. Hello and welcome to Talking Tricks, a podcast with us, Cain and Abel, two magicians with the exact same voice. We want to start by wishing you a very merry Christmas. Christmas. Very merry Christmas. We're coming to you here on Christmas Eve, as always, every Monday. As always. This is the first time we've done it on Christmas Eve. I was about to say, as always, every Monday, a brand new podcast. For you, whether it's Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, or just a normal day of the week, you're always going to get an episode of Talking Tricks, and we've got a really exciting episode, because I've been told. Unlike those boring ones we've done in the past. (laughs) Yeah, that one with Paul Debeck. Yeah, yawn (sighs) fest. Yawn Beck, that's what they should call him. (laughs) I'm really successful, and I've done really well with my life. Oh, hang on, don't seem bitter now. Well, that's what Christmas is all about. Is it bitterness? Bitterness, bitterness, and chocolate, and TV. We're going to talk about TV, but before, then I must warn you, ladies and gentlemen. I was accosted by a ghost that told me, by a spirit, should I say, that told me I will be visited by free ghosts, and that the ghost of podcast past will be visited. Christmas us. past. Hmm? The ghost of Christmas past. Tomorrow is Christmas. Yeah. Isn't the bit about, you know, Sherlock Holmes or whoever he was, the guy that wrote that thing with the ghosts? You mean Dickens? Dickens. Same same guy. Are we allowed to swear? <laughs> I, look, just because he's from Portsmouth doesn't mean he's that bad. It's Dickens from Portsmouth? Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing, isn't it? He, To be fair, though, he's like uh, most people successful from Portsmouth, that he... Pretends he's from London. Who who else is successful from Portsmouth? No one. But Charles Dickens obviously wrote Scrooge. Magic Kev's from Portsmouth. Magic Kev's (laughs) from Portsmouth. I rest my case. I understand you're suggesting that maybe we're doing a bit about Scrooge (laughs) and the ghost of Christmas past. But it really is the ghost of Podcast Past. Because coming up in a minute on Talking Tricks, we will be playing you our interview with Pete Furman. Who? What? What? Pete Furman, yeah. when, did, when did you get time to go see him in his busy panto schedule? Well, I didn't. Pete Furman has been performing in panto at the New Wimbledon Theatre. Aladdin is what he's been in. I've heard it's very good. Podcast, listen- podcast listeners have let me know that it's very good. They've been to see him and told me that he's very good. So podcast listeners, at least 50, the first thing they do when they go and watch Pete Furman in possibly Aladdin at the New Wimbledon Theatre is they come out and they think, right, what should we do now? Well, we should message Lawrence Abel and tell him how amazing it was. Right, well, here's the thing, Kane. You're a man about the pub. You sit yourself in one corner of the pub and you just sit there and slowly drink. I'm a man about town. I get out and I meet the people. And I've met someone this week who's listened to every single episode of the podcast, probably listening now, and told me that they'd seen Pete Furman. And he was very good. In Panther. Did he do magic in it? He did do a okay. sort of magic in it, yeah. And I thought at that point, do you know what? In 2011, when I was working for Radio Sona in Southampton, Pete Furman performed in Eastleigh, and I was asked if I'd like to interview him, and I interviewed him. It was when The Magicians on the BBC was like primetime, the big show, it was currently running, he was on tour... I went and interviewed him, and he was a really lovely guy, and I thought, do you know what? What a great opportunity. At Christmas, as a bonus, we'll play that episode. We'll see how at that interview, and we'll see how it's dated. OK. So that's coming Have up. Have you got permission from Pete Furman? I don't need it, because I did the interview, and I'm allowed to do with it whatever I want. And Is I that never... how it works? That's how it works, yeah. You journalists are a piece of work, aren't you? On Christmas as well. At Christmas, you've still got no morals whatsoever. You don't even drop him a quick tweet and say, by the way, Pete, we're going to your views from six years ago mm. we're going to put them out into the world now like they're still your views well no we're not doing that you see we've before playing this i've let everyone know that this is from 2011 maybe 2012 actually and of course pete Furman will be tagged in this and we'd love to have you on pete and we'll talk to you again and get a little update on how your career's going but coming up pete Furman from 2011 the ghost of podcast pass but before then what Christmas is really all about is, of course... Booze. Ice-cold, refreshing de bonnets. Yeah, I've drunk mine already, and you've still got, like, a whole one. So Kane and I are, of course, drinking de bonnets in you know, our parents' attic, recording this podcast for you. But once we've done those de bonnets, we're going to drink a few more de bonnets. Then we're going to have maybe a red wine, then another de bonnet. Then we might go to the pub. But when we're at home, it's all about the TV. And Ed Kane, what I want to know... What are your top picks from the world of circus, magic, comedy and variety? What are your top picks from the Radio Times? I've let Kane loose on the Radio Times. What are the best things that our listeners may want to listen to? Well, first of all, uh, Abel, I'd like to say that I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. But when that runs out, we'll get the red out. <laughs> uh, uh, what order do you want this in? Whatever's fine. Morecambe and Wise are on. Now I've I've heard about this. This is this is not the old. Well, I think we've got the old Morecambe and Wise, but there's also something interesting. Tell us about our Morecambe and Wise offerings. There's the Morecambe and Wise show, the Lost Tapes, which are lost tapes. Uh, that's on Boxing Day, seven fifty, BBC Two. Of course. Of course. And it's about when they. Is this about when they tried to go to America, and they lost the tapes? I believe they recorded stuff in America. Yeah. It never made it onto, onto the airwaves. And it's been, it's been unearthed. And the BBC Two are going to play it. And that's going to be really exciting. So, new Morecambe and Wise sketches. Very exciting. And of course, we have been referred to by Broadway Baby as the oh, Morecambe and Wise of Magic. So, that's exciting. But what else is on, Kate. Can you go two minutes without referencing things back to us, but, you know, usually yourself? This is not about us, we're not on TV. This is about other people. Oh, I've had a really important text message. You can probably hear what that was. Well, I'll hurry up and do the rest of your TV so, stuff then. Just to be clear, because there was some bickering, Morecambe and Wise Show, The Lost Tapes, Boxing Day, 7.50. That's 10 to 8. Also on Boxing Day, this hasn't got the time. That's all right, don't okay. worry. Ken Dodd's on. Ken Dodd? Ken, Ken Dodd. Oh, how tickled we were. That was my Ken Dodd impression. Oh, I'll read the whole bit as Ken Dodd. Oh, Ken Dodd, how thick we were on Boxing Day, BFC 2 Oh, celebrity friends and close family, including his widow, Lady Andod. It's hard to do Ken Dodd for more than a few minutes, isn't it? Tell the remarkable story of the man who, for many, was Britain's best... It's just a programme about Ken Dodd. So it's a biopic on Ken Dodd because he's dead now so they can make one. And his wife's involved. Is it a biopic? And it's beautiful. What? Well, no, sorry. I guess it's a Talking Heads. This is his life thing. Is it? Sounds fantastic. Good boxing <coughs> day so far. Morgan Wise and Ken Dodd. Um, I've got a few. I've got a few picks, Kane. But before I do my my yeah. two picks, what have you got? Anything else for us? I've got someone else I can do a bad impression of. Great. It is our words. Tommy <laughs> Cooper. It is our words. This is the new Tommy Cooper program. Christmas Day. Perfect. Channel five. Of course. Ha, <laughs> ha, Tommy Cooper, It is our words. Chris Day, It's classic footage of Tommy Cooper with uh, Jimmy Tarbuck. Of course, of course Jimmy's on a Tommy Cooper programme. He's a Scouse, so I could do a generic Scouse impression for you. No, because he's not got the generic Scouse accent that you're going <laughs> to do, so don't do it. No, unless you get a... Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, may I now introduce to you Tommy Cooper. That's almost a little bit. If I went deeper at that point, I'm almost, nearly, John Bishop. I've almost become, very nearly, now, I'm becoming, and now, I've become, John Bishop. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr Tommy Cooper. I thought your Jimmy Tarbuck, was better than I thought it was going to be, actually, to begin with. And I think that's all right. So this is, a uh, again, another Talking Heads, classic I... footage, everything you would want to know about Tommy Cooper. You could read John Fisher's great book on Tommy. Or you could just watch this. It's on Channel 5 on Christmas Day, which is tomorrow. So that sounds fantastic. There's someone else on it there who I used to be able to do, but I haven't listened to him speak for a long time, so I can't do him anymore. But I know he, he's from the north. Who's this? I, I, I might be saying something in my in my northern accent. And maybe I'll send you a free pen. Right. I know who you're trying to be. <laughs> you, you so do... here I am now. Here I am talking about Tommy Cooper. Am I close or am I doing something else? You're trying to be parky. Yeah, I mean Parkinson. Parkinson, Alan yeah. Parkinson, but it's not good. Michael Parkinson. Michael Parkinson. Yeah. We've had to body, guys. Pete Furman is coming up. This Here week. I am now, Michael Parkinson, introducing Tommy Cooper. Made in Scotland! This is really bad, isn't it? Don't do it. Cousin Andrew will get upset. Okay. Just do it in your normal voice. Tell us what the programme okay. is. Because this is a... I mean, so far... Morgan Wise, Lost Tapes that no one's ever seen before. Bloody interesting. I want to watch that. Tommy Cooper in his own words. I also very much want to watch that. And, oh, how oh, oh, tickled Ken to Dodd. <laughs> Tickle. oh. Yeah. I also want to know about Ken Dodd. <laughs> oh, we that been tickled? All interesting oh, programs. I just, I've just been tickled. Oh, how tickled we were. But... Oh, what do we get off? I've just got on. The, the, le- the next one I've seen on your list is very interesting. So don't dirty it with a bad Scottish accent and just tell us. The program I'll is. just do this in my normal voice, which a lot of the listeners will be hearing for the first time. And some may say, sounds a little bit like ex-Leeds United manager David O'Leary. <laughs> so now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, another great thing on television. Today, not today, in fact on Friday the 28th of December, is uh, Billy Connolly, made in Scotland. And it's about how Billy Connolly uh, used to make things when he was in Scotland. It isn't about that <laughs> at all. It's on BBC Two. Ah, it's on twice. Friday the fourth of January as well. Okay, it's Billy Connolly's life story. It's all about how Billy Connolly now lives in America, I believe. And has also lived in Australia, but he's made from Scotland, and it's him going back to has Scotland. Has he lived in Australia? He's been to Australia. Well, he's got an Australian wife. Who hasn't? (laughs) (laughs) He lives in America now and he basically goes back to Scotland and revisits all the places that are important to him. And I think it's going to be really funny and really lovely. And I'm really looking forward to that programme. And that was, of course, your David O'Leary impression, not your Billy Connolly impression. Well, That was just my normal voice, which some people say sounds like David O'Leary. Okay. Well, coming up on Talking Tricks in a minute is our (laughs) ghost of (laughs) podcast past interview. Some people also say that I occasionally laugh a little bit like uh, the little one out of the two (laughs) Ronnies. Corbett, (laughs) you sound like Neil Kelso. I've got two picks for you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll cut that bit out, shall we? Today, Christmas Eve, I've got two picks for you. The the first one is at 9.20, it's Bottom. It's the greatest ever sitcom Christmas special. It's on gold. Make sure you watch that. It's my favourite ever programme, Bottom. The greatest ever Christmas special, Mm. 9.20. Watch it. If you've not seen it... You'll love it. And if you have seen it, you'll know you want to watch it. But here's another really big one. This is real variety. This is cabaret. This is excitement. And I'm really pleased that this is on Channel 4 at 11.05. Courtney Act's Christmas Extravaganza. Now, Who's you- Courtney Act? She sounds like an attractive young lady. She is. Courtney Act is a very attractive drag act. And she's from Australia. And she was on... No way, mate. She was on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yeah. And she was also on Channel 5's Celebrity Big Brother. How the fuck are (laughs) you? And she was very good. And it's a real... It's a celebration of drag. It's a celebration of variety. Yeah. It's a celebration of comedy. And your mate... I would say your mate. One of your faves, Legato Chocolat, I believe from my social media searching, is on it, is doing a performance This Is this a live list. show, so we don't know who's on yet? It's been recorded, but, but it's done as a live studio show. Does that show. mean Marty might be on it? We don't know. Marty is my friend. Marty's our friend, mm. who works with Legato Chocolat. Marty's my favourite vegan. Right. Yeah, I think maybe Marty's my favourite vegan. I wonder what Marty's having for Christmas. It'll be really nice. It'll be... He's completely vegan, isn't he? Mushrooms, maybe. Like, Marty can cook. Yeah. Cooking vegan food's not that hard. Marty is I there. made that breakfast once, didn't I? And that was completely vegan. It was. Because Marty. Marty was there, that was why I, I made it vegan. Marty's an amazing uh, music producer, and he's worked with a lot of cabaret acts. just finished with Le Clique, I believe, up in Scotland, in Edinburgh. They did a Le Clique Christmas show. Which looked really good. That was another important text message. Maybe it's for Marty. <laughs> Maybe it's Marty said, "Stop, stop talking about me live on the radio or whatever it is we're doing." So there you are, guys. That is our TV top Christmas picks. We hope you watched some of those shows. Let us know if you enjoyed them. But now, ah, if- uh, ah, uh, who have nothing? <laughs> That's my slight legato impression. I'll put a bit of legato. It's deeper, isn't it, though? No, I can't do it. Go on, carry on. I'm too drunk for impressions. I know. We've, we've rambled we'll on. We'll do more impressions when I'm not drunk. We've rambled on far too long, ladies and gentlemen. Now, please enjoy... My celebrity friend's on his way as well. Your celebrity <laughs> mate is on his way. He's in his car. He's on the way. Now, please do enjoy the ghost of Podcast Past, Pete Furman, and have a very, very happy Christmas.
1: The number one podcast for great stories from the world of magic, circus, comedy and variety. You're listening to Talking Tricks. BBC Prime Time. Mm-hmm. That had to be a dream come true to get that gig. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, When I was uh, about eight years old, I reckon I saw a magic show on BBC... Probably Paul Daniels on BBC One. And uh, because of that programme, uh, my parents got me a magic set and that's sort of how it all started really. So, um, so yeah, to be doing a Saturday night BBC One show is... Yeah, as you say, a dream come true. Yeah. So I pinched myself when I was rehearsing in the studio, you know, it's it's weird.
0: I think kind of one of the worst things for a magician is when someone comes off and says, Would you teach me a trick? Going into that show when yeah. you knew the premise to teach mag- uh, celebrities tricks. Yeah. Were you a bit nervous or apprehensive about
1: that? Yeah, I mean, my thing was just, you know, are they going to take it seriously? Are we going to be able to get enough time with them so that they'll be able to be run up to speed in terms of the material and stuff? But I was lucky in that everyone that I was paired with sort of threw themselves into it and, um, and actually took it more seriously than I thought they would. So much so that a couple of them, uh, in the green room after the show, their agents were pressing them uh, as to how some of the tricks were done, and they were keeping stone, which I thought was quite nice. You know, they really bought into the idea of the, the magician's secret code.
0: So were there any celebrities that were particularly better than the others?
1: Well, I some of the other guys got some celebrities who were kind of celebrities from having been in reality shows and stuff like that, all of the people that I got were performers in one way or another. I had actors, I had Arlene Phillips, the choreographer, um, people like that. So, so, so they're coming from a, from a place of, uh, you know, a profession of performance. So, you know, those are transferable skills. So suddenly you give them a magic trick and it's not like they're sort of not used to being in front of an audience or standing on a stage or anything like that. So I was lucky in that regard.
0: I think the week you were with Mel was yes. particularly my favourite week. Yeah, I think. She, was, she was fantastic, wasn't she? She
1: was good, and she was so um, so good to sort of spar with in terms of banter because she would change it every time, and I liked that. And you know, she was just she could think on her feet, and yeah, no, she was a she was a really good pairing, yeah.
0: And uh, this tour at the moment, obviously, no celebrities involved, but is it an no extension of the style <laughs> uh, the style of performance you were doing on um, the magicians? Or is it kind of maybe dating a bit more back to previous stuff you've done with Dirty Tricks?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's sort of, it's odd, actually, because the tour was in and booked and all on sale prior to the magician's... Uh, me getting that gig. Mm-hmm. So, um, you did
0: it in Edinburgh last year. Didn't you? I
1: did this show in Edinburgh last year, yeah, exactly that. Um, so, we have to be careful because obviously, The Magicians is on at sort of 6 30 or whenever it is, and on a Saturday night, uh, which is a very much a family audience, and, and there's some swear season stuff in the live show, so mm-hmm. we have like a 14 plus age restriction. Uh, but no one, you know, it's, it's surprising actually because by and large, the audience that we're getting, it kind of it's kind of more adult. Do you know what I mean? It's um, uh, so it's not it's not a big concern. We haven't had to turn away any crying children yet. Luckily, yeah. there are jokes, there are tricks. Uh, the two are combined. Um, I think this is you know it's it's tough when people say what's in the show because yeah. because the tricks are they're almost like jokes. You know what I mean? You you wouldn't give them away the punchline of no. the gag because you want the tricks themselves to be little surprises. But there's elements of mind reading. There's a couple of there's a couple of uh, this sounds rather grandiose, but there's a couple of death-defying moments. Um, but, uh, you know, it's sort of, it is like, it's like magic show, but but sort of part stand-up show. And that's just because of the, the, the venues that I work. When I first started, I was doing a load of comedy clubs, so this style has just kind of evolved. But it's, um, yeah, hopefully if you come down, you'll have a good night. Yeah. What's your favourite ever magic trick? I like any, any the fav- my favourite things in the show that I'm doing at the moment are... Um, the things when I get up people from the audience, because yeah. uh, to a certain extent, the show, you know, it's, it's, it's structured, so there's there's aspects of it that don't change, but when I get someone apart with the audience, then I don't know what they do for a living, I don't know what kind of personality they've got, unexpected stuff happens, and that just sort of keeps me on my toes, and I improvise, and we have a bit of fun and stuff, so for personally, those kind of things are the most um, enjoyable for me. Um, favorite tricks. Uh, I like. I'm a big Penn and Teller fan, yeah. so anything Penn and Teller do, I'm a big fan of. I think probably their double bullet catch is yeah. one of the one of the but, finest. Uh... I, I'm not a magician, no. so I
0: wouldn't know.
1: Okay, so do you know that there's a trick called the bullet catch where yeah, in the teeth? Exactly. So, so a, a bullet is marked, loaded into a gun, boom, fired across the stage, and the magician catches it in his teeth. Well, they've got two guns because they're a double act, so they're pointing are good at each other so you've got two bullets right so there's
0: a a sheet of perspex yeah there's a sheet
1: of perspex that the bullet goes through and it's just uh, just a really theatrical and also what's what I love about them is there's no bullshit with them you know it's sort of uh, they don't say that we're gonna uh catch the bullet in our teeth they say we're gonna magically get the bullet from this side of the stage to that side of the stage yeah. so they sort of there's an honesty to the trick even though it is magic trick and ostensibly yeah. all magic tricks are little lies you know mm. the box is empty but really the girl is concealed inside but uh yeah yeah i just think it's a it's a really fine um theatrical uh, uh magic trick we're
0: a student station right and uh, looking back at your kind of time at uni yeah. When you're finishing your degree, we've got a lot of people finishing their degrees. you yeah. are worried about work. Yeah, could you have ever dreamt that you would have sort of TV stardom and touring Britain? Was um, that kind of was that the aim out no. of out of your degree?
1: No, I did a theatre degree um, in Scarborough, and uh, I wanted to be an actor. That's what I wanted to do, and I graduated, and then I was going to do a post-grad diploma in acting and then some opportunities presented themselves to do, it was a, a new magic show for TV and uh, they were looking for performers that had reels. I didn't have a show reel, so I just got together with a friend and knocked something up on a Saturday afternoon and sent them it and, and got the gig, moved to London to make the programme and then subsequent things came in but it was never uh, sort of my, my thing was not to chase becoming a magician, it just sort of happened really
0: which um, is good I suppose yeah. in
1: a way you know, having you know, because if, if, if it didn't work out, I wouldn't have been that bothered. I'd have just gone back back to acting and concentrated on that.
0: So, do you think you'll ever kind of go back to acting? Is that something you still want to fulfil?
1: Yes, yeah, I, I still, I do. You know, I sort of daydream about going and doing that again. Um, but I'm pretty busy with this at the moment, and I think that to split my time at the moment would be to perhaps dilute. The, the magic thing I really want to push that as far as I can and then maybe once I'm satisfied I'll diversify and do something else yeah.
0: So when did the magical start with you? Uh,
1: as, a, as a hobby as a kid yeah. when I was eight, 8 or 9 as I say I got that magic set and it was just like my hobby and um, I yeah I would watch uh, I would um, practice and I would make my parents and family watch these 3 hour magic shows that you know like on Boxing Day and stuff yeah. that they would just like never end <laughs> but luckily they sat through plenty of those and uh, you know the younger people that are coming to their shows and stuff, uh, they, they say, what's the, uh, the best advice in terms of, you know, if you wanted to become a magician or or work professionally as a magician? And the, the best thing I can say is to just work loads, just to do loads and loads of gigs. And those family performances were the beginnings of, you know, working regularly. Yeah. Um, when I was 16, 17, I started working in a, a restaurant in Middlesbrough, which is where I grew up. And uh, I would walk around the tables and do uh, card tricks and close-up magic and stuff. And and I would do that twice a week uh, for two hours. So I would do like, you know, in an evening, I don't know, 25 different little magic shows. And I think just working a lot is really important if you want to become a magician.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of broadening it out a bit more than just magic. We've got a lot of students at Southampton Salem who Mm. are on performance degrees. We've got one of the only unis in the country, I think, that has a comedy degree. Mm. what advice would you give to anyone kind of coming out and looking to go into the performance industry?
1: Well, I think, um, I think you know, comedy in particular, same as magic, um, gigging loads. I mean, n- nothing uh, can substitute that experience and that, you know, I sort of think of those doing all those shows as like air miles. You just got to accumulate these air miles and, you uh, you know, because you find out who you are on stage, you get comfortable, you find your voice, and all that kind of thing, and and anything that can happen will happen, and uh, and you just get used to dealing dealing with that stuff. So, in terms of comedy, uh, work a lot. In terms of performance, I just think be persistent as well. Because um, someone smarter than me said uh, that like that the the majority of people when they quit, the success is is like just ahead, mm-hmm. but people just like didn't give it. Enough time. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. sort of give it, gave it some time, and they thought this isn't working out. So I'm going to get a proper job. And if they'd have just stuck with it that little bit longer, then maybe it would have happened.
0: So far, how far sort of after passing your degree yeah. did the it was monkey magic? Was yeah, the big. TV. How, how well,
1: soon that was, was that? that was just really lucky, yeah. just just fortuitous. I i I was probably uh, I was probably out of uni. Uh, less than a year yeah. I was working for my dad and I was taking stock and and looking at these uh, post-grad degree courses that I that I, were gonna, that I was gonna pursue and it just came up and I just gave it a shot you know because I thought what have I got to lose but um, yeah I think you know in terms of getting getting on telly and stuff if you wanna do magic tricks and get on telly I think it's kinda of easy I think all you gotta do is you know ca- video cameras are so cheap flip mm-hmm. cameras and all that you know I see youtube videos of people doing great stuff just out and about or whatever i think it's it's quite easy to to kind of put yourself out there as a contender um and i think if it's good people will take notice you know there's 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 loads of the comedies that have been commissioned off the back of uh, little shorts that people have made and uploaded themselves on onto youtube
0: thank you for listening to talking tricks with cade and abel please rate review and subscribe to the podcast